see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley. When Jack Aguero approached me way back in 2019 about being on a Pack to the Future advisory board, I of course said yes. Jack can be very persuasive. I was also overwhelmed at the challenge that Jack and fellow packaging industry mainstay, Brent Meyer, agreed to take on. In short, the pair, with the help of the advisory board and PMMI's director of operations, Allison Konchak, were tasked with summing up the entire past, the present, and the future of packaging and processing all in one exhibit at Pack Expo. Throw in the global pandemic that made travel and visits to museums and facilities difficult, and Pack to the Future turned into a nearly two-year odyssey. With Pack Expo Las Vegas and Healthcare Packaging Expo now rapidly approaching, we sat down with Jack and Brent to discuss how they tackled such an enormous endeavor, where they found help along the way, and a slew of other interesting tales that eventually led to the Pack to the Future interactive exhibit debuting September 27th through the 29th at the Las Vegas Convention Center in the North Hall. Let's hear what Jack and Brent have to say. So we're pleased to welcome Jack and Brent to the podcast. Welcome, guys. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Sean. So I um, was fortunate enough to be on the um, board that helped put together the Pack to the Future. So I know a little bit about the background and the inner workings of how you guys have actually worked on this for over a year. Um, for our listeners, could you give us a little bit about your background and, and I guess how each of you got involved to begin with in Pack to the Future? Sure. The History of Packaging Exhibit, which will be at Pack Expo Las Vegas in September of this year. For my background, I've been in the packaging industry for 25 years, beginning in a barcode company that was purchased by private equity and continuing to work with private equity up to joining Promoc in 2005. I worked at Promoc till 2012. During that time, I was also on the board of PMMI, of Tech, and serve as an advisor to OMAC, a not-for-profit PMMI partner. And Brent and I helped PMMI create the robotic zone at Pack Expo Las Vegas 2019. Thanks, Sean. You know, Jack got me involved in this project after he and I had worked together, like he had mentioned, on the robotic zone at the last Las Vegas show. Actually, packaging background started with Jack also when um, I started working at Promoc. After I left Promoc, I started my own communications company, and I have multiple clients in the packaging industry. So it's, it's been really been a real pleasure to be invited in on this project. So. Very interesting. I, I guess I should have known that you guys knew each other from your Promoc days. So I guess let's jump right in and tell us about Pack to the Future. So how did you guys uh, approach it and how did it come together? As you mentioned, Sean, 
this project is over two years old. So while we were working on the robotic zone, brainstormed with PMMI at their headquarters. And out of that brainstorm came the desire to create a never before done large exhibit of the history of packaging, Pack to the Future. And we've been working on this ever since. We will have almost 30 historic machines, five of which we intend to have running, and historic facts and images in a large graphic timeline. These facts and images are from our partner major CPGs, including Coca-Cola, Merck, Johnson & Johnson, Anheuser-Busch, and also the Smithsonian and US FDA. We will have a wall of honor listing over 60 partner companies, including 28 OEMs and the remainder CPGs and other organizations. We're also organized, and as you mentioned, we're greatly helped by an 11-person advisory board, which includes yourself, Chuck Yuska, the former president of PMMI, Bill Christ, the former CEO of ClickClock Woodman, Ron Yakubison of Merck, Ken McGuire of Procter & Gamble, among others. We'll have a speaker stage and 15 sessions addressing the future of package. We'll also pay tribute to PMMI members' response to the pandemic COVID-19 challenge. You know, Sean, I think that bringing this project together and how it came together was a really a lot of porn on a lot of threads, a lot of pride in this industry and, and where it's come from and, and where it's going. So it, it really was just that process of just gradually contacting lots of people, pulling some threads, combining it with some research. And you know, once we started being able to connect to some of the different people in the CPGs, we started getting a lot of information and that could really take us back into the history. And I think part of it too is figuring out what to focus on. And we decided to really start looking at packaging when the industrial age started, because that's when modern packaging really sort of evolved. And uh, packaging has been around since civilization began. So a lot of just porn on threads within the industry. I know one of the biggest challenges from figuring out, you know, kind of where to start was getting contacts. So I guess beyond that, what were some of the other big challenges and how did you guys overcome them in terms of, you know, getting people to respond or having people be willing to share some of these things? Because it's an industry that sometimes can be very proprietary. Yes, you're right. So we had COVID as a challenge. And of course, the, the physical show in Chicago was canceled. Pack Expo Connects virtual show was really not appropriate for this exhibit. And we had to alert all our partners that, and then re-engage with them again in uh, the next year. And then another challenge was indeed the fragmented factors of our industry. I mean, we have relationships among CPGs, but these are on the, the machine side, on the plant side, not at their corporate archival side. And so it was a challenge we didn't expect, but we had a great deal of difficulty in the beginning identifying who were the archivists in these companies. We found an out-of-date listing of archivists, and we used that as a tool to start pulling on the string, finding an archivist. When we found an archivist, we'd ask them, who else should we reach out to? And sometimes they would help facilitate contacts for us. The Smithsonian is a large organization. We really couldn't figure out how do we, who do we contact at the Smithsonian? And it was the archival team at Merck that has a big relationship with the Smithsonian that facilitated that contact with us. And once we got in contact with the Smithsonian, they were just fantastic in helping us. So it was really person by person and who else did they know that led us down this path? Like Jack mentioned, I think COVID was a huge challenge. Once it was the show was sort of back on and the exhibit was back on, the archivists actually couldn't get back into their offices. And some of them didn't have digital access to all the things that we had talked about that they were willing to share. And 
So all of a sudden we're in this sort of managing time period of trying to say, okay, how can we get the information that they have and continue to put this exhibit together? So I think all that uncertainty really created some, some challenges. I mean, other than that, we, we really collected a wealth of information. I mean, people shared hundreds and hundreds of photos and, and, and hundreds of stories and, you know, some nice resources also became available. Like Jack mentioned, the Smithsonian, you know, things like the library of Congress had a wealth of information also and, I think that just really kind of assembling all that and, and pulling that together was a, was a challenge, but it was kind of a pleasant challenge because there's a lot of really interesting information out there. So I guess, you know, once we get to the show, what, what can people expect to see at Pact of the Future? I think the largest portion of the exhibit will be a 250-year um, timeline of uh, packaging history. And it, it really traces the evolution of packaging since uh, the Industrial Revolution. That's really when modern packaging started. And, and I think that we'll have close to 30 packaging machines from OEMs. The uh, U.S. Food and Drug Administration will also have a display on uh, how, how regulations has impacted packaging labeling. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things that was kind of interesting that we learned is that the FDA uh, started making regulations in the mid-1800s. And so I think that people will see a really kind of interesting exhibit where they'll go through and see some nice historical photos that really date back until 1800s, facts that go back into the um, 1700s with the machines around. And as people exit, there will be a video wall and there'll be speakers on the future of packaging. So I think it will be a really good highlight of the industry, where it's been, where it's going. When people go through it, we hope that they learn a lot and they get some information about where the industry is going. Well, I think people will see something that actually surprised me, which was how early in the history of packaging women played such an essential role. You'll see images in the timeline of women on packaging lines from the late 1800s, the early 1900s. We also tell the story of a woman named Margaret Knight, who is considered the female Edison. She invented the machine that makes flat bottoms for paper bags and was finally credited for that patent in 1871 after she had to engage in a legal dispute with a man who tried to steal her idea. And that was one of 26 patents she's credited for. This lady started working in a cotton mill when she was 12 years old, but by 1870, she founded the Eastern Paper Bag Company. And you'll see that story at the exhibit. You know, the instrumental role of women in packaging continues today with Pima Mai's Packaging and Processing Women's Leadership Network, which will have a breakfast meeting on the second day of the show on Tuesday. The keynote speaker is scheduled to be Tracy Noonan, co-founder and CEO of Wicked Good Cupcakes, who's going to address how she scaled up an e-commerce business, how she's managing a growing workforce, and how the food and beverage industry is evolving. Very interesting. And that was very savvy, Jack, to, to get the uh, Packaging and Processing Women's Leadership Network in. It, it is, it's a great organization um, within PMMI that's, that's really helped raise the awareness of women in, in packaging and processing. So you, you just touched on some things, Brent, that are interesting that have sort of stayed the same, things that have been around for a long time. So I guess, are there other things that have stayed the same? And I guess, what are ways where it has changed in more leaps and bounds? Yeah, you know, Brent and I have talked about that question of, of what's new and what's stayed the same. And since the industry, as you know, Sean, is constantly evolving, it's hard to identify other than a few things that have stayed the same. And there are many things that are new. But one thing that has been a constant is the desire of humankind to make packaging machines that are faster, easier, more efficient, and now more sustainable. That's been a constant in the industry since the industrial age. 
Yeah, I think, you know, to expand on that a little bit, there's a lot of examples of that where people wanted to improve other people's lives. And, and, um, you know, Jack mentioned that Margaret Knight worked in the textile industry as a small child. Michael Owen, who built the first bottle making machine, automated bottle making machine, worked as a glass blower beginning at age 12. And the bottle making industry was used a lot of child labor and it could be a very dangerous job. And he really had a goal of getting children out of business. And uh, so he invented a bottle making machine that automated it. So, you know, people just wanted to find better ways to really help mankind. I mean, so I think that that was a big thing. And I think also we see people who are, who built packaging machines and changed the industry who weren't in the industry, you know, like Michael Owen, who I mentioned before, was not in history. Clarence Birdseye was a trapper when he got the idea for quick freezing. Uh, when he saw the fish caught, when they laid out on the on the ground, that they immediately froze and they stayed fresh. Uh, Margaret Knight worked in a textile plant. John Van Warmer, who did the uh, Gable Milk Garden, he was a toy maker. Otto Rowider, who invented sliced bread and the uh, machine to wrap it, was a jeweler. And even um, Freddie Lenz, who is the founder of Felons, which has a machine in the exhibit, he have a string tying machine from the 1920s. Uh, Freddie Lenz was a sausage maker, and he invented a machine to tie the ends of sausage. Well, it became so popular as a bundling tool in, in produce and in other industries. He started a packaging company and left the sausage business. And and, and that was a fairly common trend before packaging machinery became its own industry. That's interesting. And it, it's, it is a humongous thing that has grown, like you said, from other industries, like, you know, where bundling sausage became, you know, bundling packages and stuff like that. And it's just been a, uh, a very unique evolution, to say the least. So I guess you've mentioned the 1920s and some other machines from earlier, I guess, what's the oldest thing that we're, we're going to see at the exhibit? The oldest machine is from the 1890s. And that's a, a diagraph stencil machine. Wow which was actually used to stencil crates that went down the uh, Mississippi River on riverboats. And, and that's the oldest machine that we have. But again, we have facts dating back from the 1750s and, and images as soon as they were being able to be created from the 1800s. So that will give them a feeling of how the in- industry has evolved. But we have se- several machines from the early 1900s, um, and then they kind of go on up to the 1980s. I mean, it, it includes the very first PLC uh, from Moticon in 1968. You know, we have early partners. We have, you know, a wide range of different types of machines. So it's, it should be a pretty exciting event. Very cool. And, and, and a lot of these, uh, I know some of them are, are, are still in operation, like still in theory could be, they won't be necessarily at the show, but they're pretty robust machines that are, would still be able to be used. That's right. In fact, uh, Speedy's bringing in a machine that, they had to almost pry out of the hands of their customer. It had been with their customer running for 20 years. So, yeah, these machines can be very robust, Sean. Very interesting. All right. Well, I've had I've had you guys already for over 20 minutes. So I guess if you could each just give me, you know, one other particular highlight or innovation that really stood out for its long-term impact on packaging. I guess I'll start with just kind of an overview that, you know, Chuck Yuska early in the project said, you know, a sub-theme should be how packaging has benefited humankind. If you think of without packaging, we couldn't have these mega cities. People would be back to subsistence farming. So that's that's kind of the overall uh, sub-theme of the exhibit. And, and I'd like to invite everybody to please come. I'm posting a historic fact once every business day on my personal LinkedIn account. And 
I'd love for people to like them and increase my visibility for Pack to the Future. And please come to the North Hall during the show and see the exhibit. You know, I think just one last thing. It's, it's hard to pick. Something that has its lasting impact. I think what you'll see is each sort of time period has certain developments that happen. You know, canning, when it first came possible in the early 1800s, it has a dramatic impact on the industry. Paperboard packaging, sterilization, when they move from steam manufacturing to electricity. Of course, you know, lithographic printing, change labeling. First PLC, you know, and then now servos, which are really much more, you know, recent innovation are still dramatically changing packaging machinery today. That's, that's interesting. And, and I, but I remember when servos were kind of new in packaging and now they're, they're a thing that's just kind of expected to, or, or is seen on a, a whole bunch of packaging and processing lines. Exactly. Well, this, this has been great. And I, and I can't thank you guys enough for taking the time, first of all, to put this whole thing together over again, over the course of two years and a, a stoppage with, with COVID and everything. But we're, we're finally going to be able to see this at Pack Expo Las Vegas. And I really hope everyone makes make sure they take some time to really stop by and, and take everything in. So uh, with that, thank you, Jack. And thank you, Brent, again for coming on. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Registration for the show, which includes access to both Pack Expo Las Vegas and Healthcare Packaging Expo, is $30 through September 3rd, after which the price increases to $130. For more information and to register online, visit PackExpoLasVegas.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.